I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast, the show for ambitious women ready to get off the hot mess express. I know you've got a lot going on. You work so hard. You're raising an incredible family, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. I'm your host, Michelle Grosser. I'm a certified master life coach, attorney, wife, and mom. And years ago, I was right where you are. I was running a busy law practice while raising a family, and I was on the fast track to burnout. I thought I just needed to be more organized or have better routines, but it was learning how to heal and regulate my nervous system that expanded my capacity to gracefully hold more of this big, beautiful life. You too are worthy of an extraordinary life in and beyond motherhood. Learning to be a calm, anchoring presence in your home and at work is going to be your superpower. If you're here to do the inner work that brings a sense of calm amidst the chaos, I'm here to join you on that journey. Each time you press play, your growth continues. So let's get at it. Hey, hey, Michelle Grosser here. You are listening to the Calm Mom Podcast. Welcome back. In today's episode, we're going to talk about rest. (laughs) And as a mom, as a business owner or a professional, as a woman in 2023, rest can be hard to come by or it can feel like it's hard to come by. And it's so easy to come up with all of the reasons and excuses why we don't rest or can't rest. Um, But I think a lot of it is... BS and I'm calling BS on it. Um, And it's something that I have really been leaning into and exploring, especially in the last few years, because I am someone like a lot of you who have been going 24 seven for as long as I can remember. And that pattern runs deep for me. And I am learning, right? I'm intentionally focusing on trying to rewire that. 
and reprogram myself as far as it relates to how I think about rest, how I incorporate rest, how I prioritize rest. And I think it's really important for all of us. And in fact, I think it's vital. Um, Burnout is an epidemic. Um, We don't need to look too far to see evidence of that. And the antidote is rest. (laughs) So let's talk about it. Um, Because even this weekend, I was trying to like, I was trying to rest, right? And I hadn't slept well and I was feeling tired. And Jeff tells me, he's like, why don't you just go take a nap? And my immediate response was, no, I don't want to do that because I know I'm just going to lay there and think about all of the things that I have to do. And it's going to make me feel more anxious or tired or whatever it was. Like it was going to make me feel worse. It wasn't going to make me feel better. And we all have this knowing that we need to rest. We have this knowing that we need to slow down. We know that we're too busy. Um, But if we allow ourselves to try to do that when it's new and uncomfortable, uh, so often the wheels just keep turning and you know that time we set aside doesn't feel particularly restful, right? Um, so what I want to talk about today is five reasons why resting might be hard for us because it goes so much deeper than just being busy, right? Being busy is a good excuse, but I think there are reasons or I know there are reasons um, if we if we take a minute to look beneath the surface for why it is difficult or why so many of us struggle with rest, why rest feels so uncomfortable. So let's talk about it today. And I think just getting this awareness is going to be helpful because when we understand why we might be doing some things, it brings just a different kind of awareness to it. And like I always say, right, awareness precedes choice. So when you're like, oh, I notice that I'm really struggling to rest right now, and you get curious about why that might be, then you can choose to do something about it, right? Then you can choose either like, hey, is this actually serving me? If so, I'll continue doing it. Or, whoa, this actually isn't serving me anymore. And then you are empowered to take action to do something differently. So let's talk about it. Five reasons why resting may be hard for you. So the first reason is that keeping busy is a great distraction, you guys. It's a great distraction. And this is so often unconscious, right? We don't think in our conscious mind, wow, I really want to avoid X, Y, and Z. So I'm just going to stay super busy today. But sometimes we avoid and we stay busy and we're fully aware of what we're doing. But this is often a coping mechanism that we are running subconsciously. So if you're noticing an urge to stay busy, if you're noticing an urge to fill your calendar, fill up any downtime that you have, right, in the evenings or on the weekends, you're on go mode 24-7, just get curious about it. Like, could it be that you are avoiding something? Maybe not, but maybe so. Maybe you're avoiding, I don't know, dealing with or processing something painful, right? Maybe you're avoiding some sadness or some grief or some disappointment that you just don't want to feel. So if you stay busy, that's a great distraction. Maybe you got some bad news. Um, Maybe it feels really overwhelming. So you just stay busy and you avoid it. You don't have to deal with it. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to process it. You don't have to feel it. Maybe you're 
I don't know, avoiding a confrontation or a tough conversation or a decision you know you need to make. And if you just stay busy doing all the things, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to do it. You don't have to put any of it into action. You can avoid all of that discomfort. Because when we slow down, right, it's just us and our stuff and our feelings. And the distraction is removed. And when that distraction is removed, we're in a place where it's a lot more vulnerable. We can be a lot more honest. So maybe we got to actually feel some of those things that might be uncomfortable. Do some of those things that we're actually avoiding. And if we're keeping busy, that is a great distraction. So number one, keeping busy is a great distraction. Maybe that's why you struggle to rest. Not always the case, but definitely if you notice that you tend to run busy 24-7, get curious and get honest with yourself. Am I avoiding something? Am I avoiding dealing with something? Am I avoiding facing something? Am I avoiding feeling something? Am I avoiding making a decision that feels scary? Whatever it is, just get curious and get honest with yourself. Number two, the second reason why resting may be hard for you is that you might have been taught that you have to earn your rest, right? Or if you haven't earned it and you're resting, then you're lazy. And just like time travel with me for a second and think back to your childhood. Like how often were you encouraged to rest and relax when you were a kid, when you were in middle school, when you were in high school, when you were in college, like how often were you encouraged to rest and relax? I don't know. It just wasn't really a thing for us millennials. If you had parents and caregivers who really prioritized rest, that is so awesome and like call them and thank them for that. But for most of us, like we saw our parents work really freaking hard. And like for me personally, when I was really little, like little, little before I even started going to school, my dad had a potato farm and you want to talk running busy 24 seven on a farm, like you are a hard worker. And that farming became too unpredictable with a growing family. There was, you know, blight issues and bad crops and weather that didn't cooperate or whatever, not enough rain to have predictable income on a farm to raise a family. So then my dad opened his own business for a while. And while that was building, he actually worked the night shift as a janitor at my high school. And then there were seasons when he was a truck driver and he took so much pride in how much he worked. And we were taught from a really young age, right? Me and all my siblings to have a really strong, good work ethic, right? When, when we were kids, like little kids, like seven and eight years old, we had a paper out and you guys, we grew up in the most northern town in Maine on the border of New Brunswick, Canada. Like it was dark and cold most of the year. And we would put on our little snowsuits and our boots and all the things and get up at like 5 a.m. and go pass out newspapers in our neighborhood. We worked in the potato fields where I grew up. There's a lot of potato farms and not a lot of people. So what they would do is we would have what, what they call potato harvest, but we would start school, like middle school and high school, early in the summer. Like we would start in what's early, like July. 
Um, and then in September, the whole school system would shut down for like two or three weeks and everyone would go harvest the potatoes because there literally wasn't enough like workers to harvest the potatoes in the time they needed to be harvested. So school shut down for three weeks. All of, everyone that was like working age or able to work went, helped all the, all the farmers harvest the potatoes. Um, and I remember like being in middle school and high school and we would go harvest to harvest from like 5 a.m. So we would leave the house like 5 a.m. The har- harvesters would take off at like 6 a.m. We were on the harvester. It was freaking cold in the morning. So we'd all dress in layers because it'd be like, I don't know, 40, 50 degrees. And then the sun would come up and we'd like kind of strip our layers through the day. And by noon, you know, it was whatever, 70 something degrees. And then it would get cold again and we would harvest. We would have breakfast, lunch, and dinner on the harvester and just eating like our sandwiches and our packed food. And we would like jump off the harvester at the end of the row of potatoes and go pee in the woods and then come back to the harvester. And it was just a time like I I remember doing that. And then we would leave at like 7 p.m. And then we would have soccer practice at 8 p.m. And then I remember going to bed at night and like no matter how well I had showered I still had like dust from the field in my ears and I would go to sleep to the sound of the harvester just like grinding in my ears and then wake up and do it again and and mind you this is only three weeks and then everything would return to normal and we'd go back to school but like talk about building a work ethic um and I know the same is true for a lot of you in a lot of different ways right we all had jobs in high school, we all worked and, and all of these things. And, and don't get me wrong, like I'm so grateful for so much of that. And I also like really deeply value a good work ethic. And it's something that I'm trying to instill in my kids too. But guys, like everything else, let's be real, like too much of a good thing isn't great, right? All, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. We need rest. We need play. And we need it without the judgment or this like false belief that we have to earn it. Like, I don't need to work 100 hours a week or 51 weeks a year to earn like two hours of rest or to earn five days of rest. Rest is not lazy. Rest is vital. And like I was saying, I'm a, like, to be honest with you guys, this is something I'm not great at, but I'm working on it, right? I heard God tell me so clearly last week, like, you need to take a Sabbath. You need to have one day a week where you're not thinking about work, you're not talking about work, you're not doing work, you're not planning for work. And that's new for me, right? I've been running an opposite pattern for so long, but it's so important that we rest. And maybe you guys have been conditioned the same, right? To think that you have to earn your rest or to think that resting is lazy. I was having a, I was having a conversation with a client the other day and she was saying how she was just sitting outside um, on her front porch at like seven in the morning enjoying a cup of coffee and someone walked by and she felt this urge to like jump up and and pretend to look busy and I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that too where it's like you're sitting reading a book or you're sitting staring in a space or you're sitting scrolling social media and someone walks into the room and you're like ah I gotta like have this urge to like look like I'm busy and get to work and notice that right it's more of a mindset thing but if it's landing for you this is just an invitation to remind yourself you do not need to earn rest. Rest is not lazy. Rest is productive. Is it really hard for you to relax if the house is a mess? Are you someone who cleans when you're stressed out? Maybe you're an overachiever. You tend to work a lot. 
You're always busy. Are you really responsible? Are you a rule follower? Maybe it makes you really uncomfortable when others don't follow the rules. How about detail? Do you have a good eye for it? Do you hate being late? You might have thought these were all just parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You've got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. And then over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we often think of as our personality is this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs, but rather they describe the safety strategies that you immediately go to when you start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who you are, but rather what is blocking who you are. The good news is that once you take the quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern and you can live and parent as your true and authentic self. So click on the link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz now to take my two minute personality pattern quiz. Okay. Number three, number three kind of piggybacks off of number two. But number three is maybe you find it difficult to rest because you never learn how to rest. You never learn how to rest. And it makes sense that if we were taught, right, explicitly or implicitly that we have to earn rest or that rest is lazy, then we were likely not taught how to rest or at least how to rest properly. So for many of us, we never saw rest modeled for us. Like my parents are so good at resting now, right? That all five kids are out of the house and they can travel and they play pickleball and they can, you know, just read for pleasure. But 30 years ago, they were scrapping and they were raising five kids and rest just wasn't a thought. Like I don't think I don't think intentional rest was a thought. It just wasn't really a thing. And maybe that's true for you too, right? In the home you grew up in. If you were never taught to rest or you never saw your mom or your dad or your caregivers resting, you just don't learn how to do it. And I think that's the story for a lot of us, right? Our parents, like we saw our moms go from the moment she woke up to the moment she went to bed at night, preparing, cleaning, working, um, you know, coordinating stuff, hosting, like whatever it was that we saw her doing, she was always going um, or whoever else it was in our life, right? I, I spoke to you guys about my dad, my grandmother, my mom's mom, like that woman never stopped. And it just was, it just wasn't a thing. So I think if we didn't see rest, proper rest, productive rest modeled for us, it can be really hard for us to then turn around now as adults and have good habits around rest. All right, number four, number four, the fourth reason why you might struggle to rest, why resting might be hard for you, is you might have this belief that your worthiness, your value as a human being, is tied to your productivity and your achievements and your accolades and all of the things. And this is a big one for a lot of us, and it's also one that's subconscious 
Um, so if you're thinking this and you're like, oh, that's not me. Like, I don't believe that my worthiness is tied to my productivity or my worthiness is tied to the things that I accomplish. Slow, slow, slow your roll for a second and just allow yourself to get curious and wonder in what ways might that be true for me, right? It's this thought or this idea or this conditioning that if we don't get stuff done, we are not as valued. And it really gets reinforced for our nervous system and our neural pathways and our ways of being pretty early on in life, right? If I get a gold star, mom and dad are super proud. If I get a good grade or straight A's or whatever, I get validation. If I make the team, I get recognition. And it's not anything you know sinister or bad or wrong that our parents did. It's just that for whatever reason, we latched on in childhood to this idea that or this, this notion, which was reinforced, that I feel really loved when I produce or when I achieve. So I'm going to do more of that, right? It feels really good when dad tells me he's proud of me. And over time, without us even realizing it, our worthiness becomes tied to our productivity and our worthiness becomes tied to our achievements. And we wear our busyness as a badge of honor. Like if you think that you don't have any belief, even like a a tiny little sliver of belief that your worthiness is tied to your productivity. Like, have you ever been in conversation with someone and you're just like, oh, I'm so busy. I've just got so much going on. Work has been nuts lately. Or right, we've got like my, my kids have this practice and then that one and this one has an awards ceremony. And then those, are, those kinds of statements subconsciously are all tied to this belief that our worthiness is tied to our productivity. When we talk about how busy we are and we wear it as a badge of honor, there's a message that we're trying to send there. Again, it's probably unconscious, but there's a message we're sending there is that I'm really important. The busier I am, the more important I am. The busier I am, the more important I feel or seem I'm indispensable, right? I'm so busy. I'm needed. I do all this stuff and achieve all this stuff, I'm valuable. And guys, I do, I, I've do. i done this and I still catch myself doing it. And I have to stop and, and catch myself, right? Because I'll say, oh, I'm too busy to do that. Or I'm too busy to you know go to that dinner. I'm too busy. And what I'm saying there beneath the service is that I'm really important and I'm needed somewhere else and I have to keep going and this thing can't run without me. And it's this belief that, you know, in part, some of my worth and some of my value is tied to how productive I can be or how many things I can achieve or how many things I can create or run or whatever, right? So I'll speak for myself, like for a long time, this coping mechanism has served me well. And if this is resonating with you, it's probably served you well in a lot of ways also, right? You get stuff done, like you're a doer, you just get stuff done. You're probably a high achiever. You, um, you're, you're really organized, right? You have like your task, task lists and you move the needle. I have a law degree. I run my own law practice. I have a bunch of accolades and degrees hanging on my wall. I have this podcast. I have a coaching business. I pastor church, right? Like my productivity and my achievements have served me well in so many ways. But let's be real. Everything comes at a cost. So we have to open our eyes and be honest about the cost. It's been a lot of work I've been doing in the last five years is being like, is all this or all of these patterns still serving me, right? Is this even important to me? Going from task to task, role to role, productivity, accomplishment, accolade. Is this stuff 
still even important to me? Or am I just doing this because I've been doing this forever, right? Do I still want this to be part of my identity? And then getting real about what the cost is. Like, do I want to work three jobs so I can brag about how busy I am? Or do I want to rethink how I do all of this so I can spend more time with my kids, more time with my husband, experience more peace and presence in the depth of my soul so I can feel like I'm not living on a hamster wheel. So I truly believe like this deep, true embodied belief that I am freaking awesome and I have infinite worth, whether I am, you know, in a courtroom or not, whether I have a clean house or not, whether I'm spending my day lying in the grass and reading a good book with my kids or not. So I just think this is a really healthy exploration for all of us. It's not a shame thing. And it's not like, like that this is bad. Like don't be so quick to slap a label on it. But again, just allow yourself to be honest. Like when we say things like, oh, but I'm so busy. Or I don't have time to rest or I still just have so much stuff to do. What's actually driving that beneath the surface? And if there's any part of it that you're realizing, right, in your vulnerable honesty, that there's a piece there that's tied to your worthiness or your value, take a look at it and really just ask yourself, like, is this still serving me? And if it is, awesome, go for it. And if you feel like the costs are not prohibitive, go for it. And there may also be ways that you can carry that out with more intention, right? What are some boundaries I can put around this? What are some ways in which I can set parameters so that I can experience the ways in which this still serves me and not face such high costs. So that's number four. And then number five, the fifth reason why resting might be hard for you is you may be living, many of us are living, with a false sense of urgency. This false sense of urgency, this fear that we're always just going to be behind or falling behind or it's got to get done now. When our nervous system is dysregulated, and we are on high alert. We feel anxiety. We feel activated, edgy, irritable. It can bring around this false sense that everything is urgent or many things are urgent that actually are not urgent, right? I must do the laundry right now. I have to clean the bathrooms. I have to decorate for Christmas today. And it's like, why? <laughs> why? So this one is really just a practice of starting to recognize like when that urgency starts to creep in, when you notice it, because now that you've heard this, you're going to start noticing yourself when that urgency pops up, question it, question it. And for me, like this used to happen to me a lot at bedtime, you guys, especially when my kids were a little younger, but I do the whole, like the girl's whole bedtime routine. And like my oldest needs a lot at bedtime. Like she just does. My youngest will just like, I read her story. She'll close her eyes, turn around and pass out. She's, she's gone in two minutes. But my oldest, oh, she wants me to rub her back and she wants me to sit next to her and lay by her and sing her a song and sing her another song and pray with her. And, and, and she, every night so cute, but she tells me, mom, can you speak to my brain? And then I talk to her brain and I tell her brain, thank you for all the things that you did today, brain. And you worked so hard and you helped me get along with people and you helped me to be so kind and remember so many things. And now brain, it's safe for you to unplug and stop working so hard and turn off. And I talk to her brain for a few minutes and that really helps her to fall into sleepiness. But I'll be honest with you guys, I used to get so irritated at bedtime. And I realized, like I just had this realization drop in one day. It was because I had this false sense of urgency of all crap that I needed to 
do. Like I needed her to just fall asleep already because I had so much stuff to do. Right? I had to go clean up dinner. I had to prep for the next day. I had to go do work. I had to go spend some time with Jeff. I had to go wash my face and take a shower or like whatever it was. And so I was just sitting there. And as all of that stuff was like looping through my brain, all of this false urgency, I was becoming more and more and more dysregulated. And I wasn't able to be present with my kids and I was irritable and they obviously fed off of that energy and it probably prolonged bedtime, right? It was actually working against me and it took me a while to realize like what was going on and then actually have the foresight to question it and ask myself like, is any of this stuff actually urgent, Michelle? (laughs) Like, is my world going to fall apart if I put the laundry in the dryer at like 8.30 p.m. instead of 8.15? No. Right. What's going to happen if I don't get all the Christmas decor up by this weekend? Like the answer is usually nothing, but we get so caught up in our heads and we allow, you know, the target holiday section and social media and comparison and whatever to convince us that we're behind and convince us that we've got to scramble. Right. And it's that hamster wheel and it's that mountain with no peak and we've got to get caught up. And it's just a lie. So much of it is just a lie. It's not true. So just notice, just notice when that urgency, that false sense of urgency is creeping in and you feel like, I have to get all this stuff done. Remind yourself that there's enough time because that false sense of urgency, so much of that is rooted in a scarcity mindset. There's not enough time. There's not enough resources. There's not enough energy. There's not enough whatever, right? Remind yourself that that is a lie. Everything will get done in its due time. You are not behind. You are exactly where you need to be. Slow down. Your rest is valuable. You do not need to earn it. And then use the tools you guys have to regulate your body. So your body understands like this is safe. There is no urgency. For me at bedtime, that was focusing on my breath with the girls. Like that's how I started. I would recognize this sense of urgency coming up. And as I would sit there and rub their back or whatever it was, I would just breathe. I would just breathe, focus on my breath and feel regulation return to my body. And then invariably they fell asleep more quickly and I was able to go do the things that I wanted to do. And I had enough time. And if I didn't, I went to bed and I did it in the morning, right? And somehow the things that really needed to get done have gotten done. And I'm sure that is the actual reality, the truth for all of you too. So there you have it. Five reasons why resting may be hard for you. If you resonate with one of these, two of these, most of these, that's great awareness for you today. So just celebrate that, right? And as you go about your day-to-day from here on out, you're going to have this great awareness, right? If you find that you're, you're Um, resisting rest, get curious about it. And then you'll have the tools, you'll be empowered to decide to do differently. And that, my friends, is just so awesome and so powerful. All right. I love you guys so much. Have a great rest of the day and I will talk to you soon. If you love mommy's polygraph, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. 
And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.